somebody told me something that was very, very important and mm. that luck is not luck. It's preparation. Yeah. And that really changed how I saw things because opportunities will come all day long, but if you're not prepared, you're yeah. not prepared. And that's what luck is. It was when pre- preparation and opportunity meet. Mm. And I think that's the most important thing that you could tell anybody, you know, is that if you're going to start something, just know that. And I think we're prepared now. And that was Honey. She's the founder and owner of a fashion brand called A Different World. And this is the Making It in Asheville podcast, a podcast where the two of us sit down with someone like Honey and ask them what they're making and how they are making it in Asheville. And we're your host, Sarah and Tony. And in this episode, we sit down, as Sarah said, with Honey of A Different World, who is really on the doorstep of relaunching this brand and lifestyle fashion business that she started uh, over the last couple of years. And she's going to relaunch it with a crowdfunding campaign. And so we we take a, a good portion of time to break down some of the ins and outs of crowdfunding. Um, I have a little bit of experience there. We talked about the strategy, potentially some of the messaging that might fit for her and her audience. And honestly, I, I geeked out on that section of the conversation. Yeah, and I think it's also really interesting to note uh, her. We, we talk a lot about her story of how she got started, how she always had this idea for a or a love for fashion, um, and how she started this company while working multiple jobs here in Asheville, thinking about the next steps. And so the crowdfunding part is really um, sort of the next step to take her business idea from one level to the next. And we also talk a lot about community here in Asheville, what that means for Honey. Um, We we go deep into the topic of diversity versus inclusion. And Honey shares with us one of her probably stronger marketing techniques, which is event-based marketing, um, which I think is quite relevant to the whole community aspect uh, here in Asheville. Totally. And then that allows us to scratch one of my favorite itches, which is on email marketing and the power that she's... Uh, kind of allowed for herself based on all of these connections, based on all these people caring and listening. And so speaking of listening, you don't need to listen to us talk about the episode any longer. We're going to hop right into it. This is episode 32 with Honey of a Different World. Enjoy. My friend who's just starting out and it was he lives in portland so he had to record me on his audio stuff using the like headphone like mm-hmm. i was on the headphones yeah and it was fine because like i mean i've known him for a while so it was like chill but i had to have a glass of wine before it was, like <laughs> shaking but it was fine all right we well what we're gonna do is try and have you not feel shaky at all this entire time good. you feeling good yeah do you eat breakfast no Okay. Well, today I did. I ate Captain Crunch. You ate Captain Crunch. Yeah. So That's a typical weird. day, no breakfast. Yeah, typically no. If I'm if I do eat like any kind of food in the morning, it's usually my lunch. Cool. Like because I can't wait because I'm not an adult. <laughs> I'll like eat my. <laughs> I'll go to work and I'm like, ooh, feeling kind of hungry, and then I'll just eat my lunch at like nine thirty in the morning, and then lunch comes around and I'm like, then I eat all of Gillies like pistachios <laughs> in the back. <laughs> 
or any of any frozen food she has in there. So. That's so funny. Yeah. I feel like if if I wasn't being babysat, uh, I'd probably have my lunch in the morning and eat all of the nuts that we have. Yeah. Like I eat like a homeless person when Sarah's same, like away. Same. Same. Like t- tuna out of the tuna can, like mm-hmm. a cat. Yep. Cheese and hot sauce. Cheese and hot sauce. Ooh, that's good. That slaps. <laughs> <laughs> I love hot sauce, so I'll eat hot sauce on chips, cheese, pistachios. <laughs> it's like dip one little pistachio in yeah. hot sauce. <laughs> oh, also, is it, is it okay if I curse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if this is PG. Yeah. No, uh, Tony curses usually once an episode. Once an episode, but like, I you know. I try not to, but I really, it's just a natural And so it's like, thing. you know, it's like salt, so a little hot sauce. Yeah. It tastes fine without it, sure. Yeah. But it tastes better exactly. with it sometimes. I feel like if yeah. people heard me talking without cussing, they'd be like, is she okay? <laughs> is she well? That's not honey. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like honey, but it's not honey. Cool. Um, so, I mean, we're going to just kind of go into this thing. The, cool. the, the, the concept is we're just going to have a conversation, you know. I love it. Low stakes. No yeah. one listens. Yeah. <laughs> Although I have been listening. Oh, cool. I've been catching up on all the all your past episodes. They're good. Wow. They're, they're very good. That's generous and thank you. Yeah. Um. So I guess w- w- the the like easy stuff. Uh, what is your name, and how would you describe what you're up to in Asheville? Well, my name is Honey. Um, it's just Honey, like Beyonce. So there's no last name involved. Love it. And I am an installation artist and also a clothing designer. And that's what I do here in Asheville. Love it. Yeah. Um, I believe, are you from Asheville? Uh, no, I've been here as an adult for like four years. I, I dabbled as a child. <laughs> no, I lived here for a little bit as a kid, okay. but I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a native. Okay. Um, but I was born in North Carolina. Cool. Hmm. Because we, I knew that you went to camp yeah in the area i went to just wasn't hard so yeah i spent some summers here and uh mostly middle school which i kind of like block out in general (laughs) i feel like most people do yeah and like oh let's not talk about that but yeah so i know it fairly well but it was mostly like we lived in hendersonville and um, bryson city area and so as an adult is really when i've been in nashville not as a kid and Mm -hmm. so what brought you back here oh gosh hey where did you go (laughs) <laughs> and then why did she come back? I mean, where did I go? That's a good question. I've been a lot of places in my life, but what brought me back was I really couldn't honestly tell you what it was, but I was on a road trip with my friends and I just felt like I needed to be here. And they literally dropped me off with my backpack at Mamacitas. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a good place to be dropped off. I know. I did didn't you get know a that. burrito? No, I didn't. I, I don't know what I did next actually, wow. but I didn't get a burrito and I should have done that. That would have made my story a lot better, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I called my friends. Um, I was in Indiana before I came down here. That's where I went to school. But, um, yeah, I was just having a hard time and I just felt like, I don't know, something just draw, like, Mm. I felt like drawn to be here. And it turns Mm. out there's a lot of different reasons why I needed to be here. But yeah. And I called my friends. I was like, listen, I'm, uh, gonna stay here. So can you return my library books for me? Because I'm not coming back. <laughs> and they're like, I okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've been here ever since. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You gotta return those library books. Yeah. They'll, it's they'll a good human. You. Yeah. They really will. They you. like, will put it on your credit <laughs> or something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my goodness. So that was like 2015, 2014? Um, that was in 2016. 2016. Wait. Because you said three yeah, or four years for it. Yeah. Wow. And so, so then I guess like what was your next step? Like were you already in the space, in the workspace that you are in now at that time? Oh. How did you get into um, this design work? Okay. So I guess, I mean, growing up, I felt like I had always had an interest with clothing and, um, you know, grew up kind of poor. And so, and even when I wasn't in a poor situation, we were pretty resourceful, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of always grew up like kind of defining my own style and going to Goodwill and hand-me-downs and all that good stuff. And so I think I always had an interest with that. Anytime that I could get myself like a hold of like a Vogue or Mm -hmm. any kind of, you know, typical little girl who's into fashion you think that's like the only outlet mm-hmm. um and so that was kind of like the beginning of that but I had already started the concept of the store before I came down here um I had the year before I moved to Asheville like I said I'd kind of been going through some things and uh I kind of had like a little crisis um and I packed up all my stuff when I was living in Philadelphia. And then I just moved down to re re reconcile with my biological mom. Um, and that was a whole thing cause I hadn't really seen her since I was 10. Wow. And so that was, um, pretty emotional and definitely very eye opening because, um, I guess I could, it's a, it's a whole backstory, but to clarify some things, I was adopted when I was 10. And so, um, I had lived this whole separate life. Like, mm. I hadn't seen any of my biological family since I was 10 years old. And even then I was still in foster care, so I wasn't really seeing them. And so I had gone through this difficult thing um, when I was 21 and I packed up my bags and moved down there just because I was like, I need to figure out who I am and what I want to do with my life. And um, being in that situation is kind of what sparked me wanting to start a store. And I didn't know it was going to be like this until obviously over time you figure things out. But um, yeah, I remember I was laying on my mom's couch and I was seeing how she was living, which was not well. And it was making me pretty upset and, uh, to see all the sacrifices that she had made for me to be adopted and, and so on and so forth. And I was like, listen, I have been given such a great opportunity, um, because I'm one of the only person in my whole entire biological family that's above the poverty line. And I have been given the blessing to be able to go to, you know, school, private school, camp, all kinds of these experiences that have molded me into being a creative individual. I have to do something with this. And so Mm. I called up my friend Marisa and I was like, listen, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to start trying to make some money and like selling clothes. And I think I had always, like I said, going back to like growing up, like, you know, when you're 16, 15 years old and you don't have a lot of money, you still want to fit in and look like everybody else. So I was already tailoring and sewing clothes and like trying to make myself look stylish Wow. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go into Goodwill and find these things that are unique and cool and start flipping them back to like people to sell. And so that's where it started. Um, and then I flew back to Indiana that, that December and I stayed with my friends on uh, like literally in her bed with her <laughs> at her mom's house. And I was like, listen, I have this idea. I'm going to start the store. We got a little point and shoot Kodak Easy Share and started taking pictures and like built a website on like Wix or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just like, there was never really any point where I felt like I really ever started doing something. I just started doing something cause I knew I needed to do something. If yeah. that makes sense. I had to create something because it was just, you know, 
for sake of survival, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then uh, that was in January that I moved back to Indiana. And then I went on the road trip in May and then I ended up in Nashville. And that was where it really kickstarted because it was like all of a sudden I was around all these other young kids who were artists and they were inspiring me and I felt stimulated and motivated. And I met a few key people in my life who were like, let's amp this up. Like you have a great concept, like let's figure it out. And then that's kind of how it is. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's a long story. I try to simplify it as much as possible, <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah. So the concept then is, so it's different world, right? Yeah. Is the name it's called of different world. The it was not called that at the time. Okay. That story. <laughs> it was a whole different yeah. name, which we will not mention because <laughs> I don't ever want that to follow me. It was, yeah. Um, but now it's called Different World, and the concept is even different than it was then, mm. but it's similar to a certain extent. Like I said, it was, it's the same concept, just refined yeah. and a little bit more like pinpoint. So where, where are we today? What is it? So Different World is a, a lifestyle brand, I would call it. Um, we focus on streetwear apparel and um, experiences. So I've been trying to combine my love for throwing parties and events with mm-hmm. also my love for clothing. Um, and obviously there's a lot of traditional pop-up setups, but I wanted to kind of build this atmosphere where, you know, we're selling clothes that are, um, recycled and that we find in Goodwill that we reconstruct and things that we sew from scratch and screen print and all that good stuff. But then we're also having these events where, you know, we're building sets and there's DJs and there's food and there's drinks and it's like an experience opposed to just like a traditional retail store or just like a pop-up with racks, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just wanted it to be like something where people could come and meet people in a different world. Like my, if I could sum it up, like I think I try to pull anything in my life that I wanted to see differently done in the world and try to turn it into a concept. So that's pretty much what it is. I think that, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I'm curious to know, to understand like how you choose the pieces that you go into Goodwill and find. Mm -hmm. And then like, is there a certain style or a certain requirement that they have to have? Or is it just like, this is my brand. I I can do something with this. Right. Yeah. When I first started, it didn't matter. It was like all kinds of sizes, all Mm -hmm. kinds of crazy stuff. And then I evolved into just focusing on selling vintage coats. So it was just like, just really cool coats that I found. And then I was like, I want to go even further into that. And so then I, I generally like neutral tones. And so I just started picking up a lot of military jackets and then we started reconstructing that. So that's what it's turned into now is that we reconstruct Mm -hmm. a lot of military jackets and we're moving into this new phase where we're sewing all of our t-shirts and hoodies and tote bags from scratch and screen printing them. So we have these one of a kind reconstructed jackets. We just go in and find a military jacket and then we reconstruct it and make it into something new. Mm -hmm. And those are like one of a kind. So once you buy that jacket, that's that, you know, but I knew that I had to add something else to selling so that I could make some income because Mm -hmm. one of a kind jackets might not be like, you know, sometimes they sell, sometimes they don't, you know, because it's just what comes out of my head. But, um, so we, now we mostly focus on military wear, um, because there's so much dead stock of that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, And it just sits there and it's like kind of need some new life breathe into it in my opinion mm. so um and I guess I mean there's like the aesthetic visual side of different world and then there's also like my intention of like building community and a safe space and an immersive space with all that that kind of ties into the military wear because I feel like obviously the military is a big part of our country and it's kind of like this uniform for like I don't want to say nonconformist because I conform to a lot of things, but 
you know, oddballs. Yeah. That's what I kind of like hope for. And individuals, it's, it's clothing made by individuals for individuals, you know? So. And it's really funny that it, it, that the tie is military where you're by almost by definition conforming, right? Mm-hmm. You, you are meant to look exactly like everyone that's lined up next to you to like the millimeter between the patches right. on your, on your breastplate. That's really, it's really interesting. And, but more than that, you also have, I know that you have like studio spaces and yeah. sewing machines. So, mm-hmm. um, what, what is happening in terms of like where you're based out of and what's growing there? Oh gosh, that is all happening so fast. So it's really crazy to even talk about it. But, uh, for the longest time we just, uh, and when I say we, there's like a small team of people who help me out. So shout mm-hmm. out to them. Um, we've been working out of our houses <laughs> and like living rooms and things like that. And that can only go so far when you're trying to build a clothing brand. So, um, recently I just attained two studio spaces. I went from zero to two, which is really crazy to me. And one of them is, um, shared with another seamstress and where we will be sewing all the clothing and reconstructing things. And the other one is an extra space to do shipping and computer work and screen printing, other things that, you know, you need a little bit more room for. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're kind of based between now Asheville and Marshall. Um, and yeah, I think that's that answer. Yeah, totally. That's, and that's, uh, that's crazy and cool and exciting yeah. and we're glad to have you on like during this kind of crazy moment. Yeah. It's so wild because we were just there like an hour ago and it just feels weird to unlock for me. I mean, it's been like a very long time and, and like I said before, I never thought it would be this. I really truly never did. I never thought that I was actually going to be building a brand. I just have been in love with what I'm doing. And so it evolves over time, you know, and I think that's the best thing about doing what you love is that you figure it out as you go. And there's really no handbook to it. I mean, you can go to business classes and hear from other people, but when you're building your own blueprint, I mean, it just happens as it happens. And so it is kind of crazy to say like, oh yeah, we have these like two studio spaces and this is where we're selling this and this and that. It's like, I I honestly never would have thought ever that that would be happening. Yeah. So. That's very surreal. I'm getting goosebumps myself thinking about it for you. Yeah, I mean, I I started this when I was, like, homeless and, like, really Mm. depressed. And, like, it's cool to be in a healthy place and still doing it, if that makes sense. It grew with me. And so I, I, I mean, I don't have a plan B. (laughs) How did you market it like how how did you get the word out I mean obviously there's a you do events yeah I imagine that's yeah. a big part of it but is there other you know parts of a marketing strategy so to speak yeah. in quotations as I say but yeah so I guess I mean I don't have any background in going to fashion school business school any of that um the events do help I think the biggest thing that I've done for marketing is just never stop talking and I think if you love it, you'll never stop talking about it. And so it, I can't help but talk about it. And I think I bring it up in every conversation. And I think that's been the main thing is like, um, I hope that people hear how passionate I am about it and how much I love it. And I think people relate the concept of what we're trying to do and it, that it's developing, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's like word of mouth has been like my biggest marketing strategy. And like before events, like I go out, you know what I'm saying? I get to know people. I talk to them like, Hey, what are you doing on Friday? You should come to this event. You know, it's just like, I've never done any like hardcore marketing. Honestly, I don't really even post on social media or, or Mm -hmm. boost it or anything like that. I think that's the biggest thing is that 
I wanted to have the same in-person experience that I want them to have when they come to the events or if they shop in our online stores that, that they know there's real people behind it, you know? Yeah. So. it's awesome. Uh, when, when you think about your, I guess, selling experiences, right? So what did it feel like maybe the first time you flipped a Goodwill piece and where are you at now with these kind of one-off jackets? Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to me about selling your wares. So I did feel, I actually still remember what it felt like to sell the first like Goodwill thing that we sold. And I felt really good about it. I remember, like I said, I was staying with my friend at her mom's house and I remember running downstairs because her mom had a printer. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we got to print the shipping label. Like, we got to get this out right now. It's like Saturday. It's like, what are you? It's Saturday at 6 p.m. Yeah. It's like, calm down. It's fine. <laughs> but it was very exciting. And I know I love that. You know, um, I've always had a background doing retail and, you know, selling things for other people. So I think I had a natural, like, way of doing that. Um, but selling online is a whole different story because you kind of just have to wait. Um, for someone to click on that, you know, and make it happen. Um, so now we actually haven't sold anything in a year because we've been rebranding and trying to get everything together. Um, but it does feel good in the past. I've had, uh, one, a few other collections and most of the things we sell at the events. Um, and so now it's kind of like, it feels different before I just sold something and now I'm selling something that I made that's like from my heart that has a story behind it and I can tell you where the materials were found and like how we constructed it and how long it took and you know like I'm proud of it I'm really really proud of it so it's just a different like I'm not just selling like a Tommy Hilfiger sweater it's like no I put my whole heart and soul into that shit (laughs) and it feels like a different reaction you know when you're selling it and it feels good to see that people like want to wear it that's the whole thing that people never talk about when you make stuff. It's like, especially clothes because people are very particular about what they yeah. wear. So if someone chooses something that you made to wear, you're like, okay, I'm doing something right. You know? So that feels good. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I answered it. I'm trying Definitely. to answer yeah. things. You're, you're doing straightforward as possible. <laughs> a, a, amazing. I'm kind of like hoping, uh, eventually we go on some sort of meandering crazy. S- oh, story. I will. <laughs> it's going to get going here soon. I'm trying to, I just, I know that whenever I do talk, like I, uh, sometimes get scattered. I don't want to miss anything important. So I'm trying to be like, well, we appreciate that. And it does seem uh, very linear well, right now. Sense. It, wonderful sense. So, um, so it, it's taken on a, a let's say a, a new phase in the last year mm-hmm. with a rebrand and now you have two studio spaces. Right. Um, I, I, my question for you is, I guess, what is 2020 looking like? Like what are you, cause part of the reason I think that we're here tonight on like a mm-hmm. Sunday night is, uh, the excitement of what's to come. Yeah. And I'd love to hear a little bit about how you would talk about the future. Yeah. I'm very, very excited for 2020. I feel like I've worked very hard this past year to, and that comes with a lot of things. So I think that when you're running a company, a business, there's a lot of things that people don't see. Um, But there's a lot of things that people especially don't see when you're starting a brand, you know? And so I've taken the past year to strategically get, you know, like, how am I going to make money? okay, let's put this in a spreadsheet. Like you have to do by unit, like how much does it cost to make this piece? And that equals this. And then you have to figure out, you know, are we going to do events in other places? And what does that look like? And so figuring out all those like logistical things 
to this point and now it's just kind of like getting things done and making it happen feels really really good because that was a very long process and I'm over it <laughs> although it never leaves you and you always have to do that part of it so now we're moving into like preparing to relaunch everything in the next couple of months and so the biggest thing uh I'm sure we could all say it together you got to have money to make money you know and so I think right now my main focus is that I have everything in place. The studio spaces are in place. The designs are in place. The numbers are in place. You know, everything feels good and ready to go. And now I'm just working towards like figuring out how we're going to get the right kind of funding going to be able to make the clothes. And, you know, I want to get good fabrics that are good for the environment and good for you. And like that takes a little bit of more effort of like sourcing those things. And those things are a little bit more expensive. So, it's like um, moving into 2020, I'm really looking forward to, you know, having the online store back up, um, doing events, not just in Nashville, but traveling and, and bringing the different world experience to other people and uh, not having to, I mean, it happens, but I really would like to stay steady and like open, if that makes sense, because it was good to be closed for a while and to like, you know, take care of myself and to get the foundations going, but I'm ready to like get things moving and like show people what I've been working on. So, um, yeah, the main thing right now is I would say like the funding because fabric is expensive mm -hmm. <laughs> and we use a lot of metal hardware and things like that. And that adds up. And so, you know, I think that's, uh, like the main step. And then once that's there, then we can get all the other things going, you know? So, cause it, or in the past it's been bit by bit I've done the best that I could you know like and I think that's the main thing is that I look back at my whole entire past couple of years here and like evolving and it's like okay that event was great for this purpose mm -hmm. we did a really great job on the installations people love that this event was great because we had one-of-a-kind pieces but we didn't have enough like you know these one-of-a-kind pieces are kind of crazy some people just want to buy a hoodie to support you mm -hmm. we didn't have that so mm -hmm. how do we get there so I picked and pulled all these pieces from all these different experiences and now I'm like pulling it all together. And now it's like, okay, if I would have had the means and the funding two years ago, it would have gone to waste because I don't think I really knew exactly, mm. you know, what I was trying to do. There, there wasn't enough intention behind it. And now I feel like I'm doing things with a lot more intention. Um, and so it feels like I'm about to burst. Honestly, <laughs> I'm very excited. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's a, I think that's such an interesting concept of like the time, the time and experience yes. kind of that's thing. A, like, major. yeah, I mean, we think about all the time too. Like if we had, you know, tried to start a business six years ago in New York City, like no way, yeah. like, probably wouldn't have happened. But right. now having the experiences that we've had and, and kind of like figuring it out as we've gone along has helped a lot. Right. But so this whole funding thing. Yeah. What is, what are your challenges right now and, and what are you, how are you going to try and, you know, raise money to get that yeah, capital so, that you need? Right. Yeah. <laughs> On a note of what you were just saying too about being prepared, somebody told me something that was very, very important and mm. that luck is not luck, it's preparation. Yeah. And that really changed how I saw things because opportunities will come all day long, but if you're not prepared, you're yeah. not prepared. And that's what luck is. It was when pre preparation and opportunity meet. Mm. And I think that's the most important thing that you could tell anybody, you know, is that if you're going to start something, just know that. And 
I think we're prepared now. So yeah. yeah. But um I love that. Yeah. So for funding right now, I I guess I've reached out to um you know, quite a few small business resources in town, which are great for a lot of different things, but I've had some frustrations when it comes to getting funding and I'm not sure what all that required for me to do or not required, um, why that was happening in general. But Mm -hmm. I think there is, uh, especially being a woman, being a black woman, sometimes funding is not there for your Mm -hmm. ideas, which is okay because we will still push forward, um, and pivot, and figure it out. So me pivoting due to those frustrations is crowdfunding. I want to figure out a way to ask my community to help me because I feel like that's been a constant thing throughout my journey is like people are really hyped for, you know, you're starting a new thing. They're like, how can I help? Mm -hmm. And you never think to ask for money because you're like, okay, I don't want to ask you for money because Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you in six months to buy my clothes and this and that. But like, you got to start somewhere. And a majority of people who start companies ask their friends and family. And for me, a lot of my friends and family are in this community. And Mm so, um, I think I wanted to approach it in a different way of like, um, you know, I don't want to ask for a lot. I just thought the other day I was like, had a little meeting with a group of people who were helping me like getting, getting everything ready to go. And I was like, if I ask a thousand people for $10, it's $10,000, you know, yeah. it's like, seems really simple. And I was like, in exchange for their $10, I'll give them a tote bag that we're designing, which is not just a normal tote bag. Can't tell you what it is yet, nor can you see it. Cause we're on a podcast, but, <laughs> um, you know, and maybe with that, you'll get free interest into the party too, as well. That's going to be held fingers crossed, mm-hmm. um, in the next couple months. And so, um, I started to think about that. I've never done anything like this before my whole entire life. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of wanted to, you know, figure out how that's going to work out. But also at the same time, it's like, it's very quick. And so a lot of people are on board. Like every person I speak to, you know, like how we're saying, um, my biggest marketing is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So of course I just say it out loud to people all the time. I've already said it probably like six times before I even got here. And every person was like, oh yeah, for sure. I'll give you $10, you know? And now it's like, okay, what platform do we use to have all that money go into? Like a prototype needs to be made. Like there's so many things and it needs to happen pretty quickly. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. that's pretty much what we're doing. Dang. Yeah. Cool. So, um, I have a million thoughts on crowdfunding, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure that we, uh, do all kinds of backstories or anything that we're missing about like what you've built, what you're building, vision, mission stuff that uh, is still inside that you want to say? Oh, gosh. I'm, let me think. <laughs> I mean, that sounds very nebulous, but I feel, like, yeah. I feel like I've heard very powerfully what it is that you're working on and how right. it's evolved. Yeah. Um, but I just want to also give space and time for... Yeah. Uh, let me paint a picture. Cool, please. <laughs> <laughs> let me just paint a picture really quickly. If... Let me paint a picture of the next event that you'll attend. Perfect. This will be the future of Different World is that you're going to walk into a room and you will experience music. You're going to experience installation art. You're going to experience clothing. You're going to experience food and and drink. And you're going to experience people, you know. And I want people to walk away from that, meeting new people, having a good time, all that good stuff. Um, 
this next collection is called Undercurrent. So I wanted it to pretty much sum up how I've been feeling for maybe my whole life. <laughs> Where it's like, I'm not really current, but I am chilling and I'm in the undercurrent. You know, and the undercurrent is extremely powerful. So it's like, don't mm-hmm. underestimate me. Mm-hmm. I'm still down here. <laughs> I'm still pulling, you know. And so I really wanted this next collection to like really sum up those emotions. And I think that the main thing that I want people to get from Different World is that we are extremely art-based we're extremely like based in human connection and I really want the clothing to be a big part of it but more than anything I want people to feel welcomed in my space and I want them to wear the clothing as like a sense of armor and like you know to go into the world that's could be changing every day you know and um and so I guess that's like I just wanted to I didn't mention the name of the next collection I really wanted to mention that because it's a big part of like this whole rebranding process and I guess I'm, I want to be slightly vague on a lot of details mm-hmm. because I really want people to show up and see it for themselves and pay attention to when everything is released because part of what we do is like, come and see, yeah. you know? Yeah. You got to have a little that mystery. Makes sense, a little mystery, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You can't give it all. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, like I think that. that's pretty much it. Undercurrent 2020. And do you have a date for the event or it just it's 2020? Yeah. I, I want to say it. Mm-hmm. I really do because I've been telling people, but I'm also, I'm just going to say it. No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> you can, you you can don't, speak don't it have into to. reality. Because we're going to link, obviously, to all right. of your stuff. So if you, you want to go to the event, check I'm not it ready out. to release it yet. <laughs> but you will find out. Here's this. I'll say mm-hmm. this. You'll find out about when everything is going to be released on January 1st, 2020. Into that. Got yeah. it. New Year. Yep. The first day of the new year. Cool. And also, can I put this on the record? That I am the person who said this first. 2020 is going to be the year of perfect vision. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I said Everyone it. else is on this roaring 20s kick. Yep, yeah. yeah. What? Perfect we don't need vision. to repeat that. No, 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 no. Come cool. on, guys. Especially not me. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I think I that's that. it. Cool. Like so that. perfect vision 2020. Um, I'm wondering... So clearly there's a lot of things that have fallen into place for uh, the event, but for the brand, is it, is it primarily, cause I imagine you could go to the Goodwill and buy military jackets there. You could like, you could find pieces, mm-hmm. but is what I heard is that some of the lessons from the last couple of years is that if there were more staple pieces or um, less, maybe avant-garde or, mm-hmm. Um, outlier mm-hmm. statement pieces there's more opportunity for people to support right. but to have the safer pieces right. it takes a lot more investment to turn out t-shirts and screen print them all or right. uh, totes is that pretty much what i should be thinking about the future is that for those staple pieces we need a we need like uniformity and we need a you know studio to sell them all and have them and sourcing materials sourced et cetera. in regards to funding or just like sure and, and and the business like that's the next yeah. phase is to make um, more well, the sim- like the standard stuff yeah so we're gonna still maintain probably about 15 to 20 at all times on the website one of a kind reconstructed military jackets um and they they may not just be jackets there's all the things that we're throwing in there too but they're just about 15 20 one of a kind pieces so when you buy those that's that and they're unique and kind of this avant-garde feel and now we're adding into the mix 
these pieces that will be, I'm calling, calling it the capsule collection, Mm -hmm. which will always Mm -hmm. be there. And it might not be the same thing every season, but it will be something that's like my grandma can wear and Mm -hmm. feel really good about. Cause I, I mean, my grandma actually might wear something crazy, but you know, a t-shirt it's like, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of my friends, I ran t-shirts, a small batch of t-shirts, um, last spring and they were very successful. So I was like, okay, in my head, I'm very over the top. So I'm like, okay, why wouldn't you want to wear this jacket with chains hanging off of it? And then I'm like, okay, yeah, that's like, you can't wear that to work. Susan can't wear that to work, you know? <laughs> and so yeah. the hoodies and the yeah. t-shirts and the tote bags. And I wanted to construct them with, you know, obviously as, as sustainable fabrics as possible, screen print them ourselves, all that good stuff. So that's kind of the next phase. Yeah. Cool. Um I love the way that you did. We have an episode that's going to come out um, between this moment and when yours will come out mm-hmm. where uh, we kind of back into some numbers. And I think it's really interesting that 10,000, you can get 10 bucks from you know, 1,000 people. Mm-hmm. You can get 1,000 bucks from 10 people. There's a right. plenty of ways to get to $10,000. Right. And I like that you're thinking in that way. I'm wondering, do you have a target number that like puts you in... Um, the the place you want to be because because one of the things I come from like a little bit of a uh, tech startup background and one of the problems for some businesses is being overfunded because then they're like not as scrappy and they're not thinking as like critically and they're spending uh, exorbitantly on things that aren't adding real value what number all of a sudden gives you the space to create um, but still kind of keeps you hungry because I don't know if you want or need a million dollars right now, right. but like does 10,000 change the the world in some ways? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, a thousand dollars would change my world, <laughs> but I, after calculating and kind of doing a budget of exactly what I needed, mm-hmm. 10,000 is a comfortable number because I don't, like I said, I don't, I didn't even realize how expensive fabric was. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize those things add up. I think I just said that number because it's, that, that's a very intimidating number for me to hear in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't, I do actually, maybe that is part of it. It's like, I think that if someone gave me $80,000 to just do what I wanted to do, I don't think I would have the same kind of creativity as I do. I mean, you do, but you don't, you yeah. know, yeah. and I think the whole, yeah. our, my brand was built because I've been in a pressure cooker, you mm-hmm. know, right. emotionally and like physically and spiritually all the above Mm -hmm. and that's why I built what I built so I think it's like important to kind of maintain that and always to keep working hard and like I don't want to ask I don't want to ask for more than what I need Mm -hmm. because I the goal is to take that and to make what I need right like to you know continue to make money and um yeah so I think it is a little bit of I never really thought about it like that but I think it is definitely a mixture of those two um, cause I've definitely done some research on like how much money it really does take to just like full blown, just do it all at once. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it doesn't seem as fun for some reason. I kind of like working hard and feeling that's a part of my story is that like we take nothing and make it into something, you right. know? Yeah. There's, there's a, you know, when you put a constraint on something like that, like you said, your creativity comes out because you're forced to be resourceful right. and you're forced right. to think, I don't think outside the box. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't have even thought about crowdfunding if I wasn't still in this pressure cooker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, 
I, I'm still constantly always thinking of creative ways to like make things work. And so yeah. I think that's important to maintain this like healthy balance of, you know, getting things done and, and moving things forward, but also like a little fear. Yeah. A little fire yeah. in your ass. Yeah. So I have a question. I don't know if, I don't know who, who will answer this question, but like what, what is the best platform, the best crowdfunding platform for this kind of fundraiser i don't know if you already have one in mind honey or tony i know you know a lot of these but i came across um i was i'm part of a online community on girlboss.com uh, mm-hmm. yeah. i have always loved and admired sophia mm-hmm. because that was the first book that got put in my hands when i started different world and i was very inspired by that like, and, um, and so I continue to see, follow her as she grows and her whole thing has changed drastically. Mm-hmm. She's not even running her clothing store anymore. And she has this amazing community and I actually applied to her, um, foundation grant for $15,000. I didn't get it that time, but we can always reapply. Um, and so I was on there and I was like on their feed and it was like, I fund women. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, what is that? So I clicked on it and I guess it's this platform that's, you know, strictly for women entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And uh, for it's like crowdfunding, but for women entrepreneurs, right. mm-hmm. excuse me. And so um, I was like, oh, this is cool because it seems like it's pretty successful. All, they, of course, have their like top success stories at the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And something that caught my eyes out of the 10 stories, six of them were women of color. And so that was pretty exciting for me because yeah. I was like, we're being seen on this platform. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if there's a better option or if there's another creative way to not even have to be on a platform like that and just kind yeah. of doing it. I'm open to whatever, but that's kind of just my first initial thought. Cause I'm like, yeah. Oh, this seems good, but you, you gotta kind of figure it out, you know? So, totally. and I think that your read on it seems right from my quick look at, um, I fund women. Um, because, and one of the things about Kickstarter specifically and it's almost synonymous. It's like a Kleenex tissues kind of thing. Um, but Kickstarter specifically is like historically male customers, mm-hmm. right? Which is weird for e-commerce and uh, shopping online generally. Uh, but historically male customers, historically tech products, and then sometimes um, like standouts that are, uh, I don't know, consumer goods that are strange and funny. But um, I don't I don't love kickstarter for like creative endeavors so much as like physical product things Mm -hmm. seems like a better fit so i was gonna say something like maybe a indiegogo um where it's the money is yours whether or not you hit the cliff that you need to hit Mm because that's one of the things about crowdfunding that can be tricky and i don't know a bunch has changed in the last several years about how crowdfunding websites are being identified as tax entities because because Kickstarter is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not up to date on it, but I was going to say Indiegogo, which has historically been more, I have this cause that I really want to champion and story that I really want to tell, support me. Any support is works, um, right. whereas Kickstarter specifically and ones like it, it, you need to get to a fundraise cliff for any of that money to be distributed to the creator. And oh, if you and if you don't hit it, all of the money returns to the backers. Oh wow! So that, I yeah. had no idea. So that's worth looking into on yeah. the iPhone women, um, be, uh, because uh, 
you know, if you get to call it 9,000 of the 10,000 and you're down to the wire, some people in Kickstarter spend a thousand dollars of their own money to get it over the cliff so that they get the other nine. Um, and that's just something to know before going into the campaign. Um, cause that's like, it's, oh, that's, yeah, that's a big important. difference. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> yeah, it, makes a, it makes a world of difference. Um, the, the thought that I have right now, and this is something that we've said a bunch on the podcast, do you have a mailing list that you've worked on or put together yet? I am working on that. Cool. So in the process of all these things, of getting everything together, I just connected with an amazing woman named Alexis, mm-hmm. and she's building my website um, and that is something that we were in conversation about having a landing page to email catch. Mm-hmm. Um, I have collected emails at events via like writing them down mm-hmm. and whatnot. I have, I knew I needed to do that cause I had this like fear the other day. Like, I don't even know what it was. I, I think I saw something about Instagram taking away likes and I was like, Oh, oh gosh. And everyone's going on TikTok. I was like, Instagram's shutting down. Yep. And I was like, I need emails yes. because that is what's going to keep people in the loop after mm-hmm. i mean i think instagram will be around for a while knock on wood but still like you know having that so i'm in the process of starting that yeah. um and i think part of this funding campaign is gathering a lot of those emails because if you're supporting me that means that you want to hear about it mm-hmm. and it's an easy way to catch emails and then kickstart that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's something i need to like will will be happening in the next month or so Yeah, I would say that um, that is like square one, do not pass go. The second you're thinking about some sort of like a, um, for lack of a better metaphor, but like a D-Day launch strategy, you want everything to happen in a concerted push, email. Right. Email is the way to do it. Uh, There are ways to try and use like your phone as headquarters, meaning texting Mm -hmm. everybody. It's just way choppier and right. uh, there are some ways to kind of make phone numbers efficient a lot of text apps today but still like you need them to opt in for it to not be illegal exactly. and for them to opt in you want them on an email right. list do it once do it well um but email list i mean and, and it can be in version 1.0 it can be your phone it can be your google contacts it can right. be um any other version of a spreadsheet but um, eventually it'll be a MailChimp or right, something like exactly. a MailChimp. I actually just made my account. Perfect. We'll have so. links uh, to Honey's <laughs> email list when you want to support this. You, j- you just click from us to Honey and you sign Thank up you. to that email list. Cool. Um, I was also thinking maybe the approach of like just knocking on people's doors, just bringing that back. You know what I'm saying? Like knock, knock, knock. Hey, starting this thing. Yeah. I mean, MailChimp does have this new feature where they will send postcards, like physical postcards to people's addresses. And I think they're like catching on to that whole thing of like people's inboxes are getting flooded. And so this is like, you know, that direct mail. That's my route. Yeah, Physical mail is not dead. I mean, there are, uh, there are tons of ways to, you can, you can send a mailer to every address, every address in a zip code, like the post office allows like that's solved for people have been doing that forever. Uh, physical mail is not necessarily dead, but the question is when you get someone's attention, whether it's uh, direct or otherwise, what question are you going to ask them? What action are you going to ask them to take? And if it's like, check out my website, that's a beautiful thing. 
But if there's no way for them to opt in to hear more, if there's no way for you to get back in front of them, Mm -hmm. then it's kind of a blown opportunity or the effort you took to get in front of them the first time is kind of wasted because that's a uh, one touch, never see them again. And so the the goal is if you do build any kind of goodwill with someone, you want the, one of the asks should be, and can I have your email or a way to follow up? Because I do want to share the rest of the story with you. And it doesn't need to be explicitly and give me 10 bucks. Right. But eventually you'll say, I have this value to exchange with you. Right. I have this thing. I have, you get to come to an event you get to, um, you know, share this story with the hoodie. Right. Uh, are you in on that? And they'll say, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I definitely think that has always been something in my planning is using a lot more email in the first place. Some of my favorite brands, um, you only know when they drop stuff by email. And I love that. Yeah. And I've always been like fascinated by that kind of stuff because it's like, we follow this company and we'll both be like, they just dropped something. Like, it's mm-hmm. like you get the notification and it's such a different feeling than just scrolling through your Instagram and seeing somebody, you know, everyone's yeah. dropping something on Instagram. It's an ex- it's exclusive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, but, and moreover, though, the thing about relying on Instagram or whatever the version of Instagram is, whether it's TikTok or like most of those are algorithm-based, which means that right. they choose who in your audience gets to see this. Exactly. And if your audience is a type of audience that has thousands of people that they're following, um, or dozens, like there is stuff that doesn't show up on, and like in my mom's feed, she follows just us. Like, how do you miss it? Right, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's Instagram. Right. Uh, repressing it to put the Pampers ad in front. Right. right? And so... Email, whether or not they get thousands of emails, whether or not the their specific inbox is a zoo, right. your email gets in there and it's listed chronologically. And if they want to put an alarm on it, they can. And like, right. it's a guaranteed delivery almost 100% of the time, unless you're saying like buzzwords like testosterone and free money. Like they're going to, that's right. going to go to junk. Exactly. <laughs> that was definitely going to be my approach. Yeah. Just those two key words, especially. Actually... Fuck it. It's not called undercurrent. It's called testosterone <laughs> and free money. <laughs> free money gang. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah, the open no. rate on those. Uh, I should have never said that. Google. now it's all over. That's serious. I'm, I'm going to run with that. Testosterone and free money. Break the mold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Check your spam yeah. box. Oh, my God. All of our, all of our drops yeah, go straight yeah. to spam. It'll yeah. be directly into your spam. That's so funny. Um, I don't know. What, yeah. Thank you for highlighting how ridiculous sorry, what I, I just said to. was. I love that, though. I really, truly did. But email really is important. Totally. Um, and, I mean, I sort through it. I click on, I, I feel like there are certain people that pop up. You know, yeah. consistently, if you care about a brand, you, you follow up with them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, the only the only channel with a higher engagement than email is text. Mm-hmm. And there are, I mean, it, this could be strategically something you do. Like, there are apps you can use to mass push text. Everyone say, hey, it's live. Or, like, tickets to the event are now right. available and everyone gets it at the same time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, email and text messaging are orders of magnitude stronger as sales channels than anything else. So if you are launching a Kickstarter mm-hmm. crowdfund slash crowdfunding campaign, email a hundred percent before you launch 
grow that list as much as you can and say like, if you want to support the, like the best way to do it right now is let me have your email. Right. And it's, it's better to say, give me your email than it is to say, go to this page and put your email in. Right. Because any friction is, um, People are lazy. People are lazy. Yeah, it's true. And I think, I don't know if I want to put this in here. I just want to say it out loud so I don't Mm -hmm. forget. (laughs) This would be so nice for my life, just to say it on the recording. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Is that, that was something I was thinking about for the details for the event, is that you would only get it via email or, like, we wouldn't post it on Instagram. Mm, it would be sure. some kind mm. of like catch thing where it's like you have to sign up for the email to get yeah. the events because our whole feel is just kind of like abandoned warehouse very you know you know yes. illegal not illegal nothing we're doing is legal but like that i want that feel though yeah you know right. what i'm saying like yeah. the mysterious aloof sure. our brand is naturally built that up because we don't post a lot people just think we're just being like mysterious and i'm like i'm just don't know what to post <laughs> yeah and so yeah. i think uh something like that i want to keep that for sure. Yeah. And, and I think that's a great idea. And it's one that's been modeled for us to steal. Like there's mm-hmm. a, I don't know, hundreds of city, uh, uh, event called so far sounds. I don't know if there's yep. a so far in town, yeah. but like you, it, anyone can go, mm-hmm. but you only find out about it if you're on the mailing list and you have very little time to say yes and like sign up quickly. And they are very successful. And they're very successful using the exact same model. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the biggest one of the biggest things that uh i've i don't know i i find myself like concerned sometimes because i'm like there's nothing that i'm saying that is original or interesting or like new but it's just a matter of like how well can we steal from other people yeah to tweak it to to make it our own and say Mm -hmm. something that means something to specifically our audience whoever Mm -hmm. that might be and so yeah like email list is a awesome way to get people to come to events it's been validated millions of times over right and i i think it is i mean like you said i mean i I think to a certain extent there is something there's a lot of things that are already out there but so far sounds how they do things works for my brand too as well Mm -hmm. like it wouldn't work for certain brands because that's just not how they do things Mm -hmm. you know but for me it's like i'm very into the idea of you getting an address texted to you on the day of. Yeah. Like, I love that. Like, I like the illegal warehouse, like come to this corner, there's a pay phone, pick it up. The answering machine would like, that's my, my job. Speakeasy. Yeah. Call this number and the answering machine will tell you the address. Like, I love that. Yeah. I would literally get a home phone just to do that. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's a sick strategy and it's a pattern break. And I think it's awesome. And the text messaging is super realistic. The voicemail sounds like it should be like none of that is necessarily complex it's like how 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 well do you execute against it to create the experience you want for your customer and i have a feeling you're going to execute like a boss i hope so cool um when it comes to like the the campaign itself how how far into the strategy or thoughts or like what you're going to try and ask for and exchange you heard it okay i mean we're in the very it's, I wish I would have, I guess this is a lot of my, it's not even a problem, but I, I do wish I would have thought of this six months ago. So, you know, things could have, you know, got going quicker or, you know, had more time, but this kind of goes with my brand. It's very quick. Things happen very Mm -hmm. quickly. And so 
I'm kind of glad that it's kind of like in this pressure cooker of time. I don't really know exactly when I want to release the thing, but honestly, the sooner the better. And I heard some, you know, oh, it's the holiday season. People don't have enough money. I'm like, well, people are also very giving during this time. Mm. You never really know. And so um, where I just have my ideas. And uh, like I said, my friend Alexis is building my website. Mm -hmm. I've spoken to her a little bit about building some press kits and things like that. And we're working on the prototype for the tote bag. So that's a physical thing that people can see. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so it's just the ideas. And now I just kind of need to get it down in paper and making sure that I don't miss any holes mm-hmm. when it comes to like making the campaign as effective as possible. Totally. Cause I feel like that's been like my main thing over time is that people haven't understood quite what we've done mm-hmm. for good reason, because it's been evolving and changing, mm-hmm. you know? And so with this new like rebranding, like there will be, it will be very, very clear cut what we do, including all very multimedia. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I've seen things where people have raised money and a day or a week or two weeks, you know, yeah. but it was very well thought out. Totally. And extremely well exactly. thought out. And you what, know? what I would say is with, with the, the pipe dream for a lot of people is that the platform's audience alone is going to be the thing that makes it successful, right? Like people will think launching on Kickstarter is an obvious choice because millions of people are on Kickstarter. It's going to be like, everyone's going to see it. No one sees it. No mm-hmm. one's going to see it. Um, if you build it, they will not come. That's a, you can't right. have faith in the platform alone. You have to say, like, when it launches, I'm going to send a thousand people to that page, right. and 10% of them are going to act on it. And if 10% of them act on it, how much am I asking them to give? If it's ten dollars, you're going to make a thousand dollars that day, and that's or a hundred dollars that day, and it's not going to get you over the hurdle. Right. And that's potentially fine. Right. But you're going to do your most sales and support or backer stuff in like day one and two. And on day end minus two and day end minus one, right. um, everything in the middle is like a dead zone. It's a dead zone and it's like a fight. And you're mm-hmm. going to fight for like, how can I make something meaningful happen in an email today to remind people that this is still live or thank people that have supported and asked them or provide a reason for them to, to increase their back backer right. support. Um, the, the middle is crazy. The middle is where you're praying for some, something to hit in terms of PR like, uh, Asheville today to post about it or like something happens where right. people see it for the first time in the middle of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point you like on a Kickstarter type platform, you want it to have already been funded right. because now there's, the variable of, oh, well, is it going to happen, is gone. So it's like this weird balance if it's a go, no-go platform like Kickstarter where you want to set a number that feels like it's real, like this is actually a target, it will make a difference for me, but you also don't want it to seem like it's a layup because then the people won't act early. (laughs) It's like this crazy, it's a crazy matrix of like variables, and the only thing is if you do as much homework as you can before the beginning, it's the It's going to help or get as many people aware of the fact that this thing's coming so that they can support you and you can mobilize them uh, to support you and tell them what support looks like. Right. How long does a, does a crowdfunding campaign usually last? I don't know if Kickstarter's the 30 days and can be 60 days. And I imagine it varies on Mm. platform to platform, but about 30 days is about as small a window as you'll see on most Kickstarter or crowdfunding campaign platforms. Yeah. And that's like, 
kind of what I was hoping and trying to do is uh, somewhere in the, God, I can't even say it out loud, but just quickly Mm -hmm. getting the campaign out there. Um, And I thought about that. I've thought about, and I've, you know, done as much research as I can, just, you know, looking at other people's campaigns and like what they're doing and whatnot. And like, I was just thinking about people I know and the following on different world and the 15 people who are already helping out. And if they post it on their Instagram and put it in their email chains and mm-hmm. the people who we met today when we're at out in Marshall today and they were like, Oh yeah, I'll definitely repost it. And they have, you know, this, you know, so like you said, it's like kind of hitting this like fire festival <laughs> approach. Yeah. But, but I mean, fire festival, they, they had hundreds of yeah. influencers post the exact same image, the yep. exact same minute all over the world. Mm-hmm. That was D-Day. Like, that was not a afterthought. That was a concerted effort to get everyone to think the same thing at the same time exactly. and then go to a page and give money. Right. And that's crazy. Yeah. But, like, that is exactly what we're trying to model on, like, a right. much smaller scale. <laughs> and I, I feel and like... Yeah, and, and deliver. Yeah. And deliver. That's a difference. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that... Yeah. Well, clarification. We're not pulling a fire festival, <laughs> nor do I know Kendall Jenner. So, um, I do feel like... I think about my reach, people I know, you know, and people I know around the world who are supporting me and are doing things in my realm and whatnot. And I'm like, I thought about that, you know, like the day that we do launch the campaign, like I can just get all my friends who I know are hundred percent down. I could probably get a hundred of my friends to post that the same day at the same time. Yeah. You know, and they all have very different, people who are following them and reaching out to them, right. not to mention sending it to all my family members, totally. you know, like sending it to this, this and that. Right. But like you said, you do have to be extremely strategic about those kind of things because they can either be fire festival was the first time that I had seen anybody really do that like that. Mm-hmm. Like all at once. I remember my feed being like, what the, mm-hmm. <laughs> what the heck is going on? You know, I thought Instagram had a glitch, just orange, orange, orange. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is going on? And that kind of shocks people a yeah. little bit, you know, on top of emails, you know, everyone's and, getting emails at the same time and the text and the, so there's yeah. all kinds of ways. Totally. Yeah. And, and the one, the one thought that I would want to just underline is that if the ask from your friends and family is to send people to a, a site called ifundwomen.com slash whatever your campaign would be, if that's what you use, you know, people bounce off of websites at a very high rate when there's a single ask on the site, which is back and back at these varying scares. People people are going to bounce at a very high rate. The, And that's fine. But you'll never see those people again unless they become backers. Mm-hmm. A version of an ask is to send them to differentworld.com slash crowdfunding or something like that as a page the page explains your story. The page says, hey, listen, you don't need to back. I want you just to like pay attention or follow this thing. Here's how you can do that. Um, that allows you to have a longer sales experience or storytelling experience with them. Right. Um, and if it doesn't happen on the moment your campaign goes live and happens before, that's maybe a good thing because right. then they get to hear a little bit more about what's happening, oh, why it's sure. worthwhile. Um, so like... The, the I don't know, fire festival is crazy because 
they got crazy gets right. to do this thing no, and sure. and people are like what is this right google fire fyre and then you end up on it um sometimes being really explicit at like hey go to this page support her sign up the launch is next week right. is like a better ask right yeah definitely and i i was thinking about that too it was just like i mean i've never the brand and who i am as a person is not much of a like go to this website to donate. I would definitely want it to traffic through our own website, which is why Alexis is involved in that as yeah. well, because, yeah. uh, or a landing page, yeah. which is already going to have that going and whatnot. Right now, the, I think sometimes you don't all have all the right pieces together. So I don't have all those things lined up and to do it that way. Mm-hmm. So it's like thinking about how you can do it in another way, if that makes sense. Totally. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I just, Crowdfunding is a it's a very weird and and touchy thing sometimes too, but I feel like I'm at the point where asking the people who do have the money who are supposed to be giving money to small businesses mm-hmm. and women of color and this is not is not working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it kind of ha- like I'm just trying this. It might not work. Yeah. It may work. Yeah. It might be a great success. It might flop, you yeah. know, but it's worth a try. I think totally. that's where I'm at where yeah. it's like anything is worth going into because this is not working and I need to just try something fresh before I go back into like this sludging through doing jumping through hoops for all these small business resources to just if I was a brewery this would be a different story but that's all of the conversation yeah yeah. so well I mean I, I I agree with you I think that this platform of crowdfunding could work really well for you because you have like a tribe like you have like and I use that word because it's like a very specific group of people that are like hear you and see you yeah. and are like of of like mind that will and want to support and I've already communicated that to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's right. a dr- that's a dream for someone whereas like who's, who's launching anything. Right. right. Whereas like a brewery kind of appeals to tourists that are coming in, or right. it's like a really large general group of right. people that are just like I like beer. I don't know. Is it's, right. it's yeah broader whereas yours is very specific and right. i think that you get that deeper connection with people right which and can in return yeah help and, yeah. The, and i think that's why i didn't ask for a hundred dollars it's because i i i'm assuming from the people that i've already gotten a mass amount of support from the people that have showed up for the events and showed up to you know yeah. follow us on instagram or whatever it is or just come up to me and, and want to support me don't have more than ten dollars to give. Yeah, I don't have more than ten dollars to give. If you guys did a crowdfunding and you asked me for ten dollars, I'd be like, hell yeah, I won't get coffee twice this week. Yeah, you yeah. know, like to me, it's like a very simple exchange mm-hmm. um, to support. You know, if you do, if you do support me, of course. Yeah. If you don't support right. me, then yeah, just keep your ten dollars, I guess. But <laughs> um, you know, no. are your are your fans primarily based in this area, or are they kind of all over? More outside of Asheville than yeah. you would think. Honestly, yeah. I'm always surprised by that. That um, shocked me on my the last collection that we released when it was like Australia. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are y'all doing down under? <laughs> Trying to follow a different world. Undercurrent. Uh, down and I, under. Whoop, there it is. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. So it, it's it's. I think there are a lot of people who do support. Yeah me here for sure yeah but 
like I said, I have lived so many different places and mm-hmm. lived quite a life that I think it's all over at this point. You know, like I have friends who are in Portland who message me every day. How's different where I go? California, yeah. New Zealand. My friend in New Zealand's always like, how can I help? You know, so it's like, for me, it's really quite literally a different world at this point, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. But yeah. um it always shocks me when people come up and mention the brand first. I'm always still continuously shocked. So I think it does. So here, and I think that's also another reason why I was interested in crowdfunding because on a side note, it is being a woman of color in Asheville. I'll just say that. <laughs> there is a lot that comes with that. And there's a lot that you go through living here, you yeah. know, and I think there has been my point of frustration in some things is that I consistently hear these conversations that are being had. Like, I want to support people of color in our community. I don't know where to find them. I don't know what they're doing, this, this, and that, which I'm so thankful to be on this podcast. So thank you for having me. But also, I'm like, here it is. Yeah. Here's your opportunity. And I show face. I'm everywhere. People Mm -hmm. know who I am. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've done a variety of things in town. So I think just me as a person outside of the brand, I think that I just know a lot of people here and there and all over. And I think the brand kind of is attached to my back. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, well, I think what you're hearing from us is that I I do think that crowdfunding will likely be an absolute home run for you because exactly what you're saying, you've done all of the legwork to earn, to earn the goodwill and the, and the desire to support, right? People are going to, show up and whether it's ten dollars a hundred dollars or a air quote retweet like right they're going to support with some action exactly um and so i have a really good feeling about crowdfunding for you yeah and i think um you know when you said when you told me about your background and crowdfunding and kickstarting you know other companies and whatnot it sent me on a rabbit hole of like research i was like oh okay like some people do this and some people do that and like the numbers too. I mean, people were asking for so much yeah. and I, it, $10,000 is a lot yeah. in perspective, you know, but to a business, it's really not that much money. And I think that's something that I want to break down for people too. Is like maybe in that crowdfunding email or on the website, it also breaks down a general breakdown of like, this is generally how much it costs for people to start a clothing company I'm doing, I'm asking for the bare minimum. I am telling you this is going to get us like over the hump and that's that, you know, like this is going to order our fabrics and shipping, whatever, you know, whatever else it it gets you. But, and, and, and the last thought that I would want to just kind of underline is that if there's a way to tell the story about the customer, that's going to be the target, right? So I would, I would, it is common to think that, that people care like how hard it is for you or like where all of the dollars are actually ending up going. And it's good to say that I've done all that homework. And if you want to check it out, here it is. Right. But the reality is like, Hey, we're doing this thing and you get to champion (laughs) this and you get, uh, something that would, once the shop is live, is going to be 20 bucks. You get it for 10. Right. Because you're here showing support super early and we make a smaller margin than we will eventually. And that's fine. Right. But like, this is my thank you for being here early with us. Right. And if you can figure out that kind of like language thing, right. that's what's going to be really powerful because you know, $10,000 
I agree, is not much. Like that, you're not asking for a crazy amount of money. There's someone that exists that might listen to this. Thank you for listening. Please, uh, who could do that with a single check, and it wouldn't like they wouldn't sweat at all. Yeah, right. Like that's not a big deal for some humans who live not far from here and who live very far from here. Like it's not a big deal. You you get the right conversation with one person, it could be done. We were literally just talking about this last night. It was like. How, how, you know, everyone wants to come in contact with a person like that yeah. or the people who will give $10, yep. you know? And so it is, um, yeah, I don't even know what else I was going to no, say. And, I'm just feeling that. And, and so, so, <laughs> so the, the question is like, what are your products? In it? Like is, is retail for a one of a kind military jacket going to be $10? I hope not. Like, I, oh, no. <laughs> right. Right. So it's like, no. So is it. You know, if you prepay, if you invest, if you, whatever the word is for the platform, if you back us at $150, our $400 military jackets are priced at 150 for you this one time. And, and like, that's fine. Right. Uh, And then all of a sudden you have like a hundred, $150 backers. That's an interesting amount of money. Right. And it's for the jackets that you're going to be world famous for anyway. Right. It's kind of sick. Yeah. But sure. but also if you only got 10 bucks, we can get you a dope like iron-on patch or right. or whatever has enough margin in it that exactly. the $10 some of it ends up yeah. in your pocket. Right. And those and the tote bags are definitely more than $10, but I feel like when you are I'm trying to take a high-end approach like anything that you're getting in exchange for any person who's making something from scratch is it's going to be something valuable because, mm-hmm. and I think that's something too, is that bringing the value back into artists and creators is yeah. that, you know, please pay artists, please pay them for their time and their effort and what they do, because it does take brain power, physical power, energy, all that good mm-hmm. stuff to make yeah. something. Um, and emotional energy to release something that you made into the world. There is such thing as grieving your art once it's released. And I just read something about that, and I was like, oh, my God, I relate to that. It's like, hey, guys, here's my idea. Hope you don't think it sucks. Oh, we're not like, I just have this image of being on a playground when you're, like, in third grade, and it's like, boo you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's definitely, like, a vulnerability there. Yeah. Because it's it's a part of you. Yeah. 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 So that on top of that is, like, this whole crowdfunding thing is, like, I'm not just starting a brand I'm I'm giving you guys a whole part of myself and that's mm. also scary mm. to say please back something that is like my whole entire world you yeah. know and that you have to be prepared for the lulls you have to be prepared for the highs and it could work in a day it could work it could not work or whatever it is you have mm-hmm. to have that that balance of like and be ready for totally. all those emotions that come with that yeah well yeah. we're here to support I hope I you know appreciate that appreciate you guys I yeah. definitely feel it Cool. Yeah. That's why I like how you guys are going about this. I was so nervous. And then Gilly texted me. I'm like, oh my God, I hope I don't fuck it up. And she's like, no, it's like a very much a conversation. I'm like, well, I'm like trying to impress you guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, you guys are new. I'm like trying to be your friend. I'm like, oh girl. <laughs> and so it's like trying to be like, at the beginning, I felt like I was like different world is a lot. And that's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's okay to be it's, who yeah, you it's are. Okay. It's like fine. And yeah. the, that's why I think some interview, when I've seen other interviews, it is so like, but when you just having a conversation, things come out more naturally. Yeah. Well, I'm, gl- I'm just glad that you yeah. felt comfortable. Yeah. No, for sure. Well, and hopefully like I would love to do and like after it, the whole 
crowdfunding thing oh, to like yeah. talk about yeah. your experience and what worked and what didn't work i think that would be really interesting yeah. if after the launch too like after everything's yeah. out i probably have a very different perspective <laughs> yeah everything. yeah 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 and i do appreciate being like interviewed too because i feel like people don't see that part they they hear the backstory after you've kind of gotten to where yeah. you were gotten comfortable mm-hmm. they don't see all the like you know i'm i'm working three four jobs sometimes yeah to like keep the bills paid right to pay for this not even the studios but like my days off aren't my days off like yeah. this morning i was supposed to babysit at 8 30 like on my two days off before that i babysit for two different families and mm-hmm. then i'm selling clothes online and yeah. all this other stuff like there's really no day off to this but right people don't see that kind of beginning up process and yeah. that's important to see because it's it's not easy but it's very rewarding yeah you know and it's real yeah um so i said the... we do our yeah as a go into our we call it the speed round it's not our speed round but oh, okay it's like the slowest speed round it's i was like, gonna say <laughs> Woo, here we go <laughs> um i kind of want to start with this question which we always ask if, if we had a magic wand or someone in our audience in our audience had a magic wand and could do something for you what would be your one ask today in general or in regards to the and, and it could be anything like <laughs> yeah, someone like, people I'm, have said like i want to lose 20 pounds i'm dying cool. i'm dying for ramen yeah um oh gosh um if oh god i, I feel like you know mine is kind of weird but not weird but if anybody had a magic wand i would say buy my mom a house it's beautiful yeah that's what I'm doing this for. So yeah. Yeah. that would be great. Cause then I could just do this a lot more relaxed mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, have her in a very safe and comfortable place. Yeah. yeah. All right. Real estate gurus out there. Let's make yeah. it. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> Let's make it so, um, powerful. Cool. Uh, next question. If you had friends in town and, uh, you wanted to give them your take on, Asheville, where would, where would you go maybe Friday to Saturday? Um, first and foremost, go to where, <laughs> um, I obviously work there and mm-hmm. it was my favorite store before I even started working there. So I would always tell people to go there. Even when I was working another job, don't tell them that, but yeah. I would be like, go down the where. <laughs> yeah. And then I would say, um, Oh gosh. And where is it? We interviewed oh, Gilly in episode yeah. four. So you can learn more about that, but it's like a sustainable lifestyle retail store yeah. and it's beautiful. And I would secondly say to, <laughs> um, go to Mr. Sushi. I'm not even kidding. It's on Hendersonville road, but they now have a downtown location on Merriman. And it just looks like this, like really, you know, generic sushi place, but the sushi is incredible. And Indeed. I would tell people to go there because it's, you know, it's a little bit off the beaten path. Yeah. It's really good. We go there pretty often. It's one of our favorite places to eat. Do so. you have a favorite menu item? I'm very basic. Mm-hmm. I get like the avocado roll, mm-hmm. California roll, wow. and spring rolls. Like I, I'm i like peanut butter and jelly when it comes to yeah. sushi. But they bring the California roll fire. Which oh, is, yeah. Okay. I'm like a California roll like connoisseur, <laughs> you know? And then, yeah, um, I don't know what else. 
Where and Mr. Sushi? In, in Black Mountain College Museum. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's what, something interesting. The, what is the museum like? Yeah. Um, it's a museum going over, I guess they curate and uplift different Black Mountain College artists and people who've mm-hmm. come through the college when it was mm-hmm. existing. Um, and that's something that I recently found out about and participated in um, with things with them. And uh, like, it's very fascinating. Cool. It was a very cool period of uh, time. It's cool. definitely interesting to check out. Very cool. I love those recommendations. Yeah. Those are like... Wait, you like don't mean never... we shouldn't go to like a brewery in town? <laughs> uh, no, I don't know about that. No, that was I perfect. Was, I oh. would say... I, yeah, no. No, perfect. I mean, go if you want to go. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But yeah. but that's not... Yeah, uh, her. It's not our thing. That's, I, I feel that. like that's pretty good recommendations. That's fantastic. Go to the park. Go to the, go to the parkway. Mm. I should have said that. Still time. Go to the parkway. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, I mean, can I do a shout out for sure? Can I shout out the entire group of people that are helping me get together a different world? Because I really would not be able to do it without them. And I'm so thankful to all of you. I would mention all of your names, but honestly, there's a few people that have the same name. So it's just going to make it seem like I'm like Spencer, Spencer, (laughs) Emily, Emily, (laughs) Olivia, Olivia, you know, like I'm doing like a echo. Yeah. An echo. Cool. Um, Heard, heard, heard. Yeah. And then um, when you think about community and and Asheville, what thoughts show up? Um, oh, gosh. I think there's a big difference between in- inclusion and diversity. I think we need to focus more as a community on inclusion. And um, I think we can do that pretty organically by looking around who's sitting at your table and and if you want to, you know, see more people of color downtown, invite them to dinner. Invite one of your friends to dinner and get to know people, like include people in things. And yeah. I think that's the main thing is that I, I think that's something we could work on as a community. Um, and I really want to debunk the conversation of showing up. Like people are always like, how do we show up? Just show up. Point period blank. If you want to see it, if you want to go do it, show up, support people, you know, and really support the people who are yeah. like doing things in our community. Cause there's a lot of yeah. incredible artists, business owners, makers, all kinds of just people, you know, musicians who are playing on the street, killing it. Yeah. Support them, you know? So I feel like there's so many things to support in the city that it's, it's sometimes like overwhelming, like, Oh, for sure. Where do I go? You know, next or, or, you yeah. know, how, how do I fit this all into my calendar? Right. In a way. Yeah. But, no, for sure. But I, I mean, you gotta that. take yeah. care of yourself. It's yeah. balance. Yeah. But, I but it's like, it's... find the people that you love and right. Yeah. Support take care of your people, your, your tribe. Yeah. That's what community is supposed to be. I've always had this mm-hmm. mindset and I don't know if it's because of the community that I grew up in, but it was like, if they're, you know, not quite literally because don't be picking up other people's babies and stuff, but like <laughs> the, the principle of like, if there's a crying baby, like yeah. comfort it, you know, right. if there's like help people, you know, just, I think there could be a little bit, I think sometimes we get really spread out sometimes in town mm-hmm. where you don't see people enough or you want to hang out. And I think we could work on together of like, you know, every month we do an, a dinner with creatives and artists and just like get together and chill and like yeah. or movie nights or, you know, stuff like that. 
Dang. I think that could really be productive and help people stay stimulated. So, well, and including people. You, you heard it here. Making it in Nashville 2020. We'll be doing uh, yeah. uh, events you monthly. Um, you can we have been listen, on that note, mm-hmm. um, in the, our, the new studio, we have this big, beautiful table. Mm. And um, we could do a little making it in Nashville dinner. Dang. A potluck. Yeah, a little Everybody potluck. Social hour. I'm, I'm very into the idea of like ice cream socials. I'm like an ice cream fanatic, and I know it's so like southern of me to say, but like, come on, just like a bunch of I think of that's ice just cream. like human so, of you to say. Yeah. Like, who, do, if you don't like I ice cream. I just feel cream. like the only time I hear the word ice cream social, those exact words is like gone with the wind. <laughs> so. You know? <laughs> we we have a, a listener and friend of ours, Joanna Fiorentino. If you hear this, uh, we once mocked up a whole business around the idea of ice cream socials oh as like a uh, like kind of radically different, n- not networking. Like it's the antithesis of a networking event, yeah. but yeah. it's just like a community event. Yeah. It's like be here. And enjoy some ice cream. Right. I'm people. also, yes, I'm also down. I have another business plan once I get a different world going, which I will not mention online or on air, online. <laughs> well, <laughs> online and on yeah, air. Wow, both. we're going all dimensions. We're in the matrix right now, kind of. People are listening um, to this over the internet. So Yeah. Ooh, hey, guys. Um, <laughs> uh, I would also say cereal. Mm. Ooh. That would be great. What about cereal on ice cream? Like Captain Crunch? Yes. On... I don't know, like we could peanut butter that. ice cream or something. Be, you could do a, it. Could be like a little buffet. You could try ice cream cone. I mean, you put milk in up. your cereal, so makes sense. That's to me. true. That's true. <laughs> Dip it, chunk it. You know, I like that. You know what I'm saying? So this yeah. is this is no why one can see this what is I'm why. Doing. We, yeah, I know, but this is why we have microphones that are like mounted and not that you need to hold with your hands because the way that you just I, like delivered the ice cream social <laughs> like for me with it was i was like i felt like you were you were making ice cream yeah okay. i've been to cold stone a few times <laughs> yeah i know what they do yeah what's your favorite flavor of ice cream Ooh, um vanilla cookie but, dough oh. cookie dough vanilla or just vanilla yeah. i told you i'm a plain jane when it comes yeah. to food i like things very straightforward but, yeah. although you know there's we'll a lot of com- a lot of yeah a lot of complexity in vanilla. It I, is. I didn't know this to be a thing, but they say that like vanilla is one of the most complex flavors. It it's is. like an in, in kind of an endangered plant, I think, or it's like very very hard to extract. hard to extract. It's a like true taste. Vanilla. Yeah, mm. does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Can I get poetic? There's, yeah. There's depth. There's complexity. Yes. You're like oh, and then vanilla bean. I don't know what that, what makes a vanilla bean a vanilla bean, difference? but it is. That's I, when I found out about vanilla bean, I was like a teenager and I thought my world changed yeah. in a big way. I'm going to get back to you on, I'm going to do some research on the difference between vanilla and vanilla bean. Cause yeah. there is a difference. Yeah, that, That'll be in the show notes if you're interested. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely. That's all we're going to put. <laughs> yeah, the show notes. Forget everything else. After, after an hour and 20 minutes, the only <laughs> thing you get is vanilla and vanilla bean. Um, cool. So if people will have links wherever there can be links, but if people wanted to show up and support you, how would they do that? Um, so right now, um, our website is under construction. So the best way to keep up with us is at different worlds on Instagram. Mm-hmm. There's no O in world. So it's just WRLD or on Twitter, cool. different worlds, same with an underscore. Um, and, uh, also give us your email. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, wherever and however there are links when the time when this comes out and as it evolves we'll, we can update yes. the pages yeah. so it'll be as convenient as possible for Amazing. you listener um thank you 
so much for sharing your story. Thank you. This has really been quite the pleasure. <laughs> we hope so. And um, we cannot wait to support. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Of a different world. And my goodness, I, I love Honey. She I is, do too. She's so much fun to be around. She's the best. Oh my goodness. So we are already looking forward to the next episode with Honey where we can do like a recap of this crowdfunding attempt. Um, but oh my goodness, I just, I'm all in all the support for Different World. Can't wait to go to the launch parties, secret parties to get the text or the emails or whatever it's going to end up being. Um, I'm geeked out on on 2020 for a different world. Yeah, as soon as we have more information, we're definitely going to be sharing uh, how you can support Honey through her crowdfunding campaign. But in the meantime, you know, follow her on Instagram, follow her on her website, which I think is still being built, but it's going live soon. Um, and we'll, yeah. have, we'll have links to all that in the show notes page. Speaking of which... So if there is anything that you want to know more about from this episode, links or books or a concept that we mentioned, you can always visit the show notes page, which is our website uh, forward slash and the episode number. So for this episode, it will be makingitinashville.com forward slash zero three two. And as always, if you enjoyed the episode, please let us know. And you can do that by visiting Apple Podcasts. We have links in most of the players that are clickable or linked from our website, makingitinashville.com forward slash podcast. Those reviews help these episodes get discovered on podcast players, help our guests' stories be championed. Um, and that's really what this is all about. So thank you in advance for the uh, five-star reviews or the comments or the shares Whatever you do, we are very, very appreciative. And we're gearing up for season three. So if you know anyone or if you yourself would like to be on the podcast, you can nominate them at makingitinashville.com forward slash podcast. Awesome. I was just thinking that episode 32 means that we have 20 more before we hit our one year mark. <laughs> and 20 doesn't seem like a lot. It doesn't, but it's like half a year. Well, a little under half a year. Yeah, but I, I remember like episode 10 like it was yesterday. You know what I mean? I know, or episode one, uh, the sweat. The sweat. <laughs> um, Anyways, if you've made it this far, thank you very much. We're super excited about season three and the next 20 episodes. Here, here. So, uh, all right. Until next time, please do good and be good. And Sarah, high five. ASMR. <laughs> yeah, what is up with that? I've I done very it. little research on it, but it's like. Do you guys ever do? You should so do a. Um, we probably would get way more listeners. You would if you were like, "Hey guys, welcome to Making It in Asheville. This is the episode where we interview Ani from Different World." <laughs> so it's like there's this like real quiet. There's like what does it stand for? It's it has to do with like the accolade. Set, uh, I don't. It has know. like just, audio. Like it has something like uh, this is whisper, and then like it'll be like all right. This is me buckling my wand. Yeah, or they're like this. Or they're like, <laughs> if you have nails, you're like, wait, hold yeah. on. <laughs> this is so well, oh, I just kissed the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Making It in Asheville. 
Today we're going to be interviewing Honey from Different World. <laughs> so that sounds like... <laughs> DIY sound effects. <laughs> ASMR. It's like this thing, millions yes. of listens, millions of downloads. Do I you, watch it. I'm not going to lie. Do you? It's calming. Sometimes I like to watch people eat ASMR. I don't know why. I hate it when people smack and chew. But like they're just like... I'm like, I love it, you know? I just love it. That's how the episode's going to start. It's like, what is it? <laughs> please do actually put that. And it's like it's like the intro. It's like, and that was Honey yeah. from Different World. Please put the ASMR part in there because I want people to... That's the main thing. I feel like people don't know me that well. Like, they see me on Instagram or whatever. It's like, yeah. people don't know. Like, like, I'm literally nonstop silly. Like, I'm always joking. Like, I'm always... If I'm around people, you're getting a, you're getting an event. Yeah, yeah. I'm a so comedian. So my my favorite Instagram stories on where sorry Gilly, but they're <laughs> a funny doing crazy stuff. I love it. I'm love like it. always surprised when she comes in after I do that, and she's like, "Oh, that was great." And I'm like, "I just did like a 300 second long story, <laughs> and I made a character like, for myself. I made a movie." I do I do characters in there. It's because I'm in there just alone. Yeah. I'm like, Professor Honey, <laughs> Madame Honey. I like always do all these things. And she's like, she told me she's going to make me a sign that says, and then tape it to me back, please don't talk to me because I need to be productive. If you talk to me, then you're going to get a comedy <laughs> sketch. I'm like, dang. <laughs> but also true. <laughs> but also true. Yeah. And I think podcasts, like when you first asked me, like I saw you guys do Gillies, I was like, oh my God, like I hope they ask me one day like, <laughs> to be on their podcast. And then you asked me and I was like, guys, I'm going to be on Making It in Asheville. <laughs> I was so, like telling everybody all day at Marshall, in Marshall, I was like, yeah, well, we have to be back around <laughs> five o'clock because I have a podcast interview. It just makes you feel like they're making it. That's, it feels I mean, really good. It's really validating. It feels really good for it us. It does. It feels really good. That's and well. like, one of the things that we really care about and what we haven't, it hasn't, it hasn't shown up in its full sense yet. It's like, what we want to do is like normalize it. There are lots of ways for people to be yeah. here. Right. And yeah. like it, you know, and con- like the, like people are get, get yeah. confused. We have like Connie right. who might be a version of right. making it. And so like we talked to uh, an artist who we know that, you know, but it's like, she's like, I'm not making it. But like, sort of, you are because you're here and right. you're making art. And whether or not it's like the only way that your uh, electric electricity bill gets paid, right. that's not necessarily a point. It, of course not. I think that if you think making it, it depends on your definition of making sure it. Sure does. Mm-hmm. I'm like making it is process. Yeah. And even if you're Connie or you're me, you're still in the process. Yeah. You're always developing. I think being an entrepreneur, a creative entrepreneur, you are always going to be growing and changing and pivoting. It's like pivot points are like, I, someone just asked me that. I'm like, how do you do what you do? I'm like, you have to know how to pivot. Like things are not going to go your way and you're going to have to, it's a process. It's Mm -hmm. like, I was listening to Connie's interview actually too. And it was like, you know, I think people put people on pedestals after a certain point Mm -hmm. in their like process. It's like, no, they're still just, doing it they're still figuring it out just like anybody else is you know and whether it was intentional or by accident like it's making it it's current it's present tense it's not i made it yeah (laughs) it's like i would not be here this is a present tense thing this is continuous there's no 
finish line on this thing if it's a process. Right, exactly. And even if you did say made it in Nashville or made it, it's like, well, I made it out of my mother's birth canal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I made it out of the situation that I was in right. two yeah. months ago. I made right. this. I made it out of you know, military poverty. Jacket. I mm-hmm. made it out of, I made yeah. this military jacket. So it's like, it's all mm-hmm. how you think about it. It's like, Word. people say, right. what is your definition of success? Yeah. Success for me is like, I got up this morning and I took a shower. Yeah. That's my version of success. And then anything right. else that comes after that is like, girl, you're doing the damn thing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fuck it up, sis. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you're going to do your makeup. Oh shit. You know, you're going to leave the house too. You know, it's like all those things after that is like good bonus round. Yes. Yeah. Start very yeah. simple. Yeah. And then everything else. And then it makes you feel good. Everything else is damn. like, Ooh, we socialize. <laughs> You know, <laughs> we're going to go eat some chili now. <laughs> it's like, we're doing good. In bed by 10. Come on. Oh, my God. All in one day. Uh, I, I love it. Manage at your own expectations yeah, of exactly. what your day is going to be like. Exactly. That's worth that. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. That's self-care. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag self-care. <laughs> this yeah. was so good. 